Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, to the victor goes the spoiled. Natalie brings the case against her husband, Hugo. She wants to throw food away when she decides it's spoiled or too old. Hugo hates waste and is aghast that Natalie throws away moldy but otherwise, quote, perfectly usable, unquote, items. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Me, me, me. Floridian house of food that is garbage. A place of bad smells and dispute over food. Maison Florian de la nourriture avariée. Natalie et Hugo son épouse combattant. Et la différence entre un collectionneur et un hoarder, un réfrigérateur ou une poubelle. Un poubelle. Da, da, da. Jesse, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. You swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he eats only fungus, specifically corn smut or huitlacoche. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Judge Hodgman? Well, if Jesse coming in with a sweet huitlacoche reference... <laughs> I used to live right next door to a great wheat lacoche restaurant. I've had some corn smut before, and it's good. You could also buy chapines, which is uh, uh, deep-fried grasshoppers. Uh, uh, well, no, I haven't had. I've had fried crickets, and I've had fried mealworms, but not the grasshoppers. And I know that those are supposed to be a delicacy. But wait a wait a minute. We got a lot of food to talk here before we go any further. For an immediate summary judgment in your favor, can you tell me what piece of culture I was referencing when I entered the court when I entered the courtroom? Ugo. I can't even tell you what that word was that you just said. <laughs> I have no idea. That was your name in French. Ugo. <laughs> Maintenant, dit Ugo. And Natalie? I have no idea. That was, in fact, the theme of the great chain of Canadian pizza restaurants, Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage, or Chopag, which longtime listeners will remember from verdict number 38, the pizza pauper. But, of course, I changed the words to reflect your situation. You live in Florida. You own or rent a home or condominium or apartment. Is that correct? <laughs> wow, you're psychic. Yes. In which yeah. some, well, I'm, I, I, have, I, have, uh, I have gifts. I'm talented. Let's just say that. In which the food is sometimes garbage. Is that not also so? That, that is, is true, correct. Sir. All right. Now, before we talk. It is all in the eye of the beholder. I can feel the, I can feel the pain. In the in the in the breast of our expert witness, for for Jesse and I to be talking about wheat lacoche and fried grasshoppers, and for him to have to remain silent, so he shall remain silent no longer. Please welcome our expert witness, uh, uh, food safety expert, and general expert on food and uh, the processes thereof, Mr. Alton Brown. Oh, thank goodness! I I thought the wheat lacoche thing was going to kill me. You've had wheat lacoche, right? Oh, I've I've had me some some uh, corn scum. Yeah, absolutely. It's the the truffle of Mexico, and you know, basically. And you do you like it or do you not like it? I do. I do like me some wheat lacoche. I do. I don't like the canned wheat lacoche very much, but but I like the the fresh wheat lacoche. And now, is there such a thing? And this goes exactly to the point we're going to discuss with Ugo and Natalie. Is there such a thing as as fresh wheat lacoche? Does it not require essentially some 
some going rotten or is it a fresh well, fungus I, that grows on the it, corn? It, it, it is it is a it is a fresh fungus um it doesn't have to ferment or rot or go through any other form of decomposition in order to be edible although it certainly can and is often dried to some degree mm-hmm. i w- i should have said uh, simply that i prefer to be unprocessed in a can that okay. i should have said that Right. So it's a fresh fungus on on old corn or or even fresh. No, no, no. It it, it can it can it, it typically only grows on corn that's actually on the stalk. I've I've never seen wheat lacoche grow on on corn that's down or corn that's rotting. It's it's a it likes to attach itself to something healthy and growing. So in other words, something that looks and 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 smells and tastes to certain palates like garbage, may in fact be a fresh and wholesome food. I see where you're going with this, and I'm going to open the door and say yes. All right. So, Hugo, even before you even said a word, and that may be for the best in this podcast, <laughs> already, already, already testimony has been given in your favor. This, the subject of dispute is that, Hugo, you hold on to food. Yes, uh, sir. Past a point where your spouse, Natalie, feels is preferable. And, mm. and Natalie, you would say that Hugo holds on to food to the point that it is disgusting <laughs> and you throw it away. Does that sum it up? Hugo, go first. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that sums it up quite quite nicely. Natalie. Well, just- can we have a could we have an exact um give us a, a definition or an example of a particular food over which you have fought? I, I'd like to get some conditions here because there's a lot of gray area here, you know? Right. I agree. And I think that's really what it comes down to. We're talking about food relativity here. What area okay. of the food? Actually, actually you go, here. we'll decide that. We'll decide that. <laughs> yeah. so, the, so the question is, what area of the food has to be gray before you throw it out? <laughs> Very insightful question. And it, and it depends on the kind of food, I must say. But it, it basically comes down to if the food is not a, a murder weapon, then it's okay. You mean like a frozen leg of lamb? <laughs> I mean like like That's a, one of my favorite stories, Judge uh, right. Hodgman. Lamb to the slaughter story. by Roald Dahl. The slaughter, right? Roald Dahl. Yeah, he, she fed it to the cops that he worked with, yeah. yeah. Because the cops were always coming around just to yep. check to see if anyone was murdered that day. And yep. instead, she served them a delicious leg of lamb. Delicious leg of lamb. I, I'm curious then, you go, you, you define palatable by whether or not it can kill somebody. And if it can kill somebody, it, it is palatable. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, that is what you just said. You said unless it's a murder weapon or could be used as a murder weapon, it's okay. So rotten, putrid food, things that uh, as long as it what doesn't have something act, actually hatching on it, like 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 lice or maggots, if you know how how deep can the can the mold get before Hugo decides it's no good anymore? Well, I I draw from my experience, my my long experience of of dealing with food before it gets to that point. So some of it is a gray area, but basically, as long as it doesn't end up harming me, then it's okay. And everybody else can just sort of deal with it. What, what is your long experience in dealing with food past its prime? Oh, man. Um, Have you worked in I kitchens? Think, uh, Let me ask you this question. Yes. Do you work in kitchens yes. or do you dumpster dive? Those are my questions. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, no, I dream of dumpster diving. No, I'm kidding. I've seen it on, on the TV and, and I said, look, Natalie, it's it's me. But I've never gone to that extreme. But I understand where they're coming from. And that's, that's I think, a really good analogy to the way that I approach, approach food. I still want it to taste very good. I want it to be a good experience. But when there's food that's going to go to waste, I, you know, my heartstrings start to 
pool and, and I figure like I'm doing something good by not letting it go to waste. Natalie, specific question. Give me a specific example of a time or a foodstuff rather that you wanted to throw away that Hugo did not want to throw away. Well, I don't know if it's too early to bring up the evidence that I provided. It's never too early. Okay, well. <laughs> Specificity is the soul up. of narrative. Please bring up the evidence. <laughs> okay, the evidence is that of a moldy cheese Danish that he left in his car over a week prior that had been growing some unique mold in variety of spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that that's disgusting and that it needs to be thrown away. Plus, it's just a cheese Danish. It really doesn't have any nutritional value. And he refused and he did what's called a cleanup session in which he picked up all <laughs> of the moldy spots and then continued to eat it as if it was a normal cheese Danish. You use that term cleanup session as though it comes up a lot in your house. Like that is a, that is a, a, stand, a standard lingo. Yeah. 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 Time to cut off the mold of this piece of bread or th- this bagel or whatever. Yes. That's one of my favorite sayings. How often a, how often a week are you doing a cleanup session on some food out of your refrigerator or icebox? I, I would say probably once every month or once every Liar. every, every Liar. quarter. No, 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 no. I, really, I will have in, order. <laughs> in all truthfulness, Your Honor. The way that I approach it is that I take care of it and if she doesn't, you know, notice it, then maybe the number would be a little bit more inflated, but she doesn't see it that often. And you are telling the truth? He's lying. I, I am telling the truth. Before, I am. Before le Dieu ou quoi d'autre? Natalie, <laughs> I, understand, no. I understand you're accusing him of lying. What would be your yeah. estimate? Yeah. Well, what happens is... No, I don't want to hear what I, happens is. Okay. Stop. <laughs> You call him a liar. Okay, fine. What is the six number of times, times a month? Six times a month, more than once at, a week? At least, yes. I would like to have more more um, actual description of some of these occurrences. Uh, that, that was a very, very good um, explanation of a, of a kind of an automobile-bound, you know, Danish situation. Um, but bring it, bring it back to home. Because, I mean, the way I look at it, was that in his car? Yes. Okay, that's none of your business. So let's go. Uh, let's go now. Now, granted, granted, he is definitely. Uh, I, I've already ascertained through through dealing with a lot of anthropologists and food related issues that Hugo is a highly functioning sociopath. I want to get that behind <laughs> us because he is. And, and so because ordered. I've read the so brief ordered. on this case, I, I've read the brief on this case. The whole thing about in restaurants waiting for people to finish and saying, "Are you going to eat that?" That's the operation of a highly functioning sociopath. It's clear that the social, um, the, you know, the, the social rules of, of, of societal eating well, don't no, really matter to him. But now, that's wait, his business. It's now, his wait part. A minute. Alton, let me interrupt for yeah, a moment. Yeah. Okay. You've read the brief on this case, right? Have, but yes. but our listeners have, yes. have not, and apparently yes. I haven't either. Can can you can you explain what you're referring to, or Hugo? Can you explain? Well, the, the, there were references, if I am not mistaken, sure to the fact that, that that this moves outside of of the of the home uh, to to a restaurant environments where apparently um, Hugo will will either order something very small or not order at all and simply wait for other people to finish their food, then say, are you going to finish that and then take their food from them? Is that true or are you a liar? Can I plead the fifth? No, I'm, no. I'm joking. I, I, I think that used to be, a, it, it is true. It has, it has stopped. I used to do that. I used to strategize uh, to do exactly that. I do admit that. Hugo, are you on medication right now? <laughs> 
No, I'm I'm you're not clear minded kind of anti um you know antidepressants or or some other <laughs> schizophrenic medicines. Any I just want to know because I mean this this is the well yeah antipsychotics I, I didn't want to say that because people will go off the hook sometimes when you say that. Oh, well, I just think we should establish that because that could pretty much just shut this whole thing down. I was just hoping <laughs> I could buy some. <laughs> I've got a website I, I can contribute. I want to get back to the six time Please. a month business now. We'll we'll deal with your your sociopathic tendencies later. Let, let's let's deal with what goes on in the home that you share uh, with with Natalie. Um, I, I'd like to get some idea of just you know some foods that you think it's okay to do cleanups on, uh, and kind of the the level of cleanup that you consider acceptable. Um, and then I'd also like to know, you know, how disgusting that might be for, for your, your wife who I'm taking would, would gag on a lot of the things that you, you seem to, to enjoy. Sure. I'll give you a perfect example. We have a mango okay. tree and an avocado tree in our backyard. And oh, I've, lucky. I've, yeah, I love them. I value those, those plants more than, than a lot of things. And I will take them after they fall off on the ground. And, you know, sometimes when they're really ripe. And there's been a big yield. I won't be able to catch all of them. So one of them will fall and it'll be ripe and it'll split open or something along those lines. I will cut the part out that is browning. I will cut the part out that has come into contact with bugs or the ground. And I will consume said item with large smile on my face. Um, are, are these um, these wonderful uh, fruits uh, that have, have fallen down to the ground um, – what, what are they landing on, Hugo? What, 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 what is around those trees? Uh, describe the environment to me. The environment is a backyard with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dirt, dirt and dog you know, poop. Dirt patches, dirt, dirt and dog poop. Is, I was going to say, is mainly, mainly kiddie pools full of human feces. Why? <laughs> yep. Well, I, I think that it is important that we we establish what it is that these these foods are coming in contact with, uh, whether you know chemicals from some kind of lawn chemicals are being used, uh, whether there is a lot of animal excrement in the area, uh, certainly has a bearing on the safety of, of these items. Correct, and there there is not any um, any pesticides or any lawn chemicals that I I can speak to, and Wait, the you're lying. animal you're lying again. You're lying again. Because you actually push the dog poop underneath the fruit trees to fertilize it naturally. So you're actually <laughs> pushing all the poop under the tree. So you're oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, is this true that you are using God's own compost underneath these trees and then picking up the fruit from the fecal ground that you have laid and, and, and dining upon it? I must say that it is true that I do use my dog's my dog's poop as as fertilizer, but I will never I I will never be I challenge Natalie to provide evidence that any one of the food that I have I've eaten has actually landed upon the excrement that that our dog has put on the uh, in the backyard. I, I really can't believe that a sane person would split hairs with me on this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Hugo, do you live in an area where, where water occasionally falls from the sky in the form of precipitation, uh, also known I've, as rain? Yeah, I've heard of that. What, does that happen where you live? I don't know where you live. I assume that you probably live in California based on your mango and avocado um, availability. Would that be accurate? Florida, I believe. Florida. Florida. Yes. I'm sorry, Florida. Florida. So it, 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 rains, it rains pretty gosh darn hard down in Florida, does it not? 
Yes, it does. So it is possible. Just work with me here. It is possible during a precipitative action or event that some of the fecal matter from your dogs that you've shoved so industriously <laughs> under the tree could spread out in a, in a form that might be um, hard to detect with the naked eye. Yes. Come on, answer correct. me, you turd. You don't I, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Alton Brown, if you'd please walk around the avocado tree outside for a moment and calm down, because right I'm now you have your hand around the throat of the of the of the witness. It's going to back away. Hugo, I'm, I'm going to go have a tea. Right. I'm, I can still breathe. I'm good. Stand by for for a moment, because uh, bailiff Jesse and I are going to have to talk about some important financial matters pertaining to this court. Oh my goodness, Jesse was getting a little heated in there. This is an intense conversation. It is indeed. But Jesse, we do have some business that we need to take care of. MaximumFun.org and the production of this show and all of our shows are supported by listeners like you out there with the headphones on. So if you're listening to this show and you're not already a donor supporter of MaximumFun.org, think about it. You think this show is worth your support? I think you think it is. If the answer is yes, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. It's easy. It's easy and now is a great time to do it because during the MaxFun drive, not only will you be supporting the shows you like made by people who like to make shows for you, but also you'll have a chance to get a lot of great thank you gifts, such as. Well, let's talk about it. First of all, you get a bonus episode, more than one bonus episode of this program. In fact, you get bonus episodes of all of the MaxFun shows, a total of more than 30 hours of donors only uh, bonus content at last count. And yes, I did make an intern do that count. It's frankly um, an astonishing and ridiculous amount of bonus material. It is. If you support us at the $10 a month level, you will get all of that. Plus you will get our MaxFun branded headphones. They're uh, earbud style headphones with the MaximumFun.org rocket ship on them so that if anyone happens to take a very close look at your ears, they'll know how cool you are. Yes, if you go to the ear doctor... They'll, yeah. know you're, they'll know that you're not interested in them because you're listening to a great Max Fun show. And they'll also know right away what has hindered your hearing ability. It's the fact that you've got those earphones in. <laughs> At the $20 a month level, you get our Intimate Sensations Pack. Now, look, this is a family podcast. I'm not going to get that deep into what exactly you get with the Intimate Sensations Pack, but let's just say it's fun stuff for consenting adults. I don't understand. It's romantic stuff for lovers. I don't get it. It's Oh, oh okay. $20 a month, you say, eh? Hmm. I've always been curious about that. <laughs> However, if you don't want that, you could also get, instead, you could get a MaximumFun.org rocket ship t-shirt. Uh, the $35 a month of level, of course, is Judge John Hodgman's Justice Squad. Burp, burp. And if you join the Justice Squad, not only do you get the Intimate Sensations Pack and the earphones and, of course, all of the bonus content, you also get our MaximumFun.org rocket ship rocks glasses, Ooh. which are perfect for relaxing with a drink after a case. Perfect for relaxing with a drink of rocks. <laughs> it's the only glass worth drinking rocks from. And if you join the Judge John Hodgman Justice Squad, I will teach you the Judge John Hodgman Justice Squad fanfare. In fact, I'll do it right now. It goes like this. Burr, burr. <laughs> but there's, a you... third, there's a third note that I will <laughs> tell you in secret if you ever run into me. 
and can reasonably prove that you have joined the Justice Squad by donating at MaximumFun.org slash donate. Um, at the $100 a month level, uh, that's Jesse's Golden Eagles. You get all of that stuff, plus you join... Uh, Plus, you join a special club in which every month you will receive in the mail a cultural item selected for you by a Max Fun personality. So I might send you choose a book to send everyone in the club. Judge Hodgman might choose a CD to send everyone in the club, and so forth. It is a really cool, exciting thing. Plus, I you think get that's in- awesome. Yeah, oh, it's super cool. Plus, you get invited to the Max Fun dinner, which is the special dinner the night before. Max FunCon here in Los Angeles with a bunch of Max Fun talent and staff and um, other cool people that are going to be at Max FunCon. I'll be it, there. And if you join at the Jordan's Platinum Angels level, which needless to say, Jordan named, uh, you get all, all of that different stuff plus a berth on the Atla- at the Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival, a.k.a. BoatParty.biz. So. I, it's amazing. The, I know the amazing comedy and music crews featuring John Darnielle, John Roderick, Kristen Shaw, Al Madrigal, John Hodgman, myself. Uh-huh. The point is there are pledge levels with awesome thank you gifts from $5 to $200 a month. Anyone can afford those levels who's listening to this show right now. And what I really care about is that if you're out there and you value this show, that you are willing to stand up and support it. And the way to do that is to go now to MaximumFun.org slash donate and support it. If you didn't get that, we'll be talking more about it later. Now let's get back to the case. Expert witness Alton Brown, welcome back to the court. Did you get some fresh air? I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm better. I, I was a little upset. I was out of line. I apologize to all. No, 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 no. You were, you were, perfectly, in li- you were perfectly in line because... Hugo is happily talking about how he's eating poop encrusted avocados all day long. <laughs> mangoes. And mangoes. And actually, it's the mangoes that concern me a little bit more than the avocados. Avocados don't actually fully ripen until they are removed from the tree. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem with picking up an avocado, which has a pretty sturdy exterior to it yeah. um, and could, could thoroughly be washed. Um, I, but I'm, I'm already petrified. Um, what what he goes on outside of the house. I've been disgusted by what he does in his car, but I still haven't heard about what what hideous crimes he's committed inside the domestic dwelling itself. Uh, well, Natalie, you spoke in, in your brief about a, a, a habit of scraping the plates clean. Can you explain what that is? Basically, he when we well, that's kind of when we go out to dinner. He basically um, will scrape a plate to the point of annoyance of surrounding um, restaurant goers, and he will lick it clean. Um, lick the inside of containers, plates, uh, lick the my plate as well, basically so that there's not one kernel. Wait, let me let me let me break let me break in for a second. Yeah. You're saying he licks the plates in the restaurant? Yes. Okay. Like it's like I took a homeless guy I found out to dinner. Are you describing your husband or are you describing my terrier Coco? They're probably very similar. Did they both grow up on the streets of Tijuana? I know my dog did. <laughs> no, he's from Puerto Rico. So, but the the question that I have is, at home, does he also scrape slash lick the plates, and then what happens? Yes, then he'll try to either put them back in the cabinet as if they weren't used. Or, oh please! Um, <laughs> I will have Hugo. Overruled. Uh, overruled. <laughs> You're already a proven liar and turd eater. You be quiet for a moment while your wife speaks. I'm calling the police. I just want you to know I'm calling the police. 
Alton is calling the police. The next sound you hear will be someone knocking on your door because there clearly needs to be a, an intervention. I want to be very clear here for a moment, Natalie. And we're yeah. all having a good time here in the Floridian house of food that is garbage. But I really need a straight answer that is very clear. When your husband is eating food and he scrapes the plate clean, he puts it back into the cupboard? Yes. Routinely or, I mean, not that it matters, but... Is this a routine or once or twice? No, does this happen? occasionally. Okay. And does he put plates back in the cupboard after he has licked the plates clean? I can assume so, but I can't verify with my own eyes that I've seen that. So, Have you ever taken a plate out of the cupboard to find food residue on it because your husband has put a used plate back into the cupboard? Yes, with like finger streaks. Yes, Fing and food residue. Finger streaks and food residue. Okay. Hugo, you denied this? Are, 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 do you continue to deny it? Yes or no? Please. Vehemently, I deny this. I think that that she has she has overplayed her hand. She's she's calling me a liar, and at this point, she's showing her true colors. Those other things I'll address later that she charged me with, but that is not true. I do not lick the plate as a dishwasher and put it back in the, in the <laughs> cupboard. That is absolutely categorically false. Wow. Well, Natalie, because at are this you, point, it wouldn't surprise I, us. I know. I, mean, I know, and, and I understand that. You, I know my you, track record. You have a lot. You, you have know. a lot of nerve, sir, because you're standing there saying, "My wife must prove that these mangoes <laughs> fell into dog poop," and that's the standard of proof you ask for her. And yet, you are already a proven weirdo <laughs> and turdy. <laughs> well played, Judge. Well played. <laughs> And I don't, I, I don't understand. How can you? You're accusing her of lying outright about your behavior. Is that correct? You have never done that. Remember, you are, un, I, you are under fake internet oath. Have you ever I, I cleaned do. off a plate and put it back into the cupboard without washing it with soap and water? Yes, I've, I've washed it with water or with a paper towel and then put it back in a there. Wet paper towel or I've a never, dry paper I've, towel. No, you it, wouldn't it, waste a paper towel. That's false. Sam, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, madam, please. Sorry. I'm speaking to Turdier now. <laughs> so when I'm not busy eating turds, I do, do wash the dishes. I wash the dishes and then I'll put them back in the cupboard. I would say equal 50-50 with her, if not slightly more. I've never licked a, a dish to as a washing mechanism. I don't know where that comes from, but I will admit that I do lick plates uh, out in the open at times and definitely with no with no reservations in my household. All right. Well, we'll just stipulate that that's gross, <laughs> but not germane to this issue. It might be tomane to this issue, however. <laughs> nice. Stab oh, me. Stab me. Expert witness Alton Brown. I'm here. We have three three issues before us. Well, we got uh, a lot more than that, but well, I get your point. I know. Then I, I have isolated three issues that I would like okay. your expert opinion on. But before I get your uh, your final ruling on those issues from a from a scientific and and food hygiene issue or yes. perspective, I should say, um, you have uh, other issues that you'd like to explore with the witnesses. I still am very interested um, in, in something uh, that uh, the plaintiff mentioned um, 
a while back now about this uh, this six times a month business of kind of um, uh, of, of saying that you go would intervene with food in this uh, so-called cleanup mode um, there in the house. We still actually we, we've we've gotten so sidetracked by this other shocking behavior that we we've wandered away from from what was really tantamount to the case, which was what is it that he is doing to food where he expects to continue to consume something that is clearly spoiled or or so past its prime as to be considered by you know most people to to be spoiled. I, I would still like to hear something. All we've heard about is some some turd coated mangoes and that's in the yard. Okay. That's in the yard mm-hmm. and, and a, a, a spotty Danish in the car. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to hear just a little bit more evidence about what this guy's actually doing to food that is, that is like in the refrigerator or, you know, food that has been prepared domestically for consumption. Natalie, you're bringing these accusations. Please lay out your case. What he does to mostly he focuses on produce. Um, he won't throw out produce, he will pick off all of the, he will do his cleanup um, to the fruit. And even if there is maybe a portion of one grape left, he will eat that portion and throw the rest away if it's moldy. So he does that on a daily basis. I'll throw out the food and put it in the garbage. He'll take it out of the garbage, put it back in the fridge and continue this process. What kind of food do you throw away that he will put back in? Um, I will throw away strawberries that have some mold on them, grape tomatoes that have mold on them. Mostly produce, I, fruits, and vegetables? Yeah. Right. Yeah, basically. What about meat? Um, do, do, does he, is, there, is there anything? Do you, are you vegetarians? Uh, we try to be, and I intentionally don't cook meat because I'm scared he's going to not throw it out and get sick. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. No. So, do, do you have, does your refrigerator work? Yes, it, okay. it works. <laughs> And but I guess I don't eat as much produce as I intend to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, uh, when you dispose of food without his permission, you throw it in the garbage and yes. he takes it out of the garbage? Correct. Do you ever do anything else to the food? Um, sometimes I'll put soap on it so that he doesn't eat it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should throw it under the mango tree. <laughs> no, no, then he'll definitely eat it. <laughs> <laughs> So, so it sounds like the, one of the issues you've got is that you guys buy too much food that you don't consume in a timely manner. Yeah, I, I will admit that. I think that that's true. I, I intend, um, you know, I want us to eat healthy. So I'll have great aspirations of us eating all organic fruits and vegetables. Then when it comes down to it, I guess we really don't. Natalie, Natalie, do you do most of the shopping? Yes. So could we also interpret at least this action with 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 Hugo's uh, behavior regarding the produce as him simply trying to make up for your domestic inadequacy as a shopper and inability to meal plan? Um, because that's something that a loving husband would do. I mean, you know, he doesn't want to waste the fact that you're apparently a grocery spendthrift. No, I completely disagree. Well, of course Ooh. you disagree. You're a, a woman. Um <laughs> And I, I would expect that, but I mean, around my household, typically things that are things that are purchased are consumed before they become disgusting. What you want to be able to do is simply throw away food. Yes, I, I enjoy throwing away moldy food. Well, Hugo, let me ask you this: You spend a great yes. deal of time and effort um, doing cleanup on food. Have you ever thought about just eating it before it becomes disgusting? Well, see, that's part of the problem, and I'm glad that you brought it up. It's not a matter that I go out of my way to try to find food that's disgusting or moldy. It's just like you mentioned, there's always an abundance of food in my refrigerator. At least this is just in the house. 
And I always attempt to eat as much of it as possible, but I can't even get around to all the food before it gets tossed in the trash can. And let me say, just as a corollary, please, that a man must have a code. And if the food has touched the trash can or other food in that trash can, then I do not eat it. If it's not in a container of some sort, then I will not try to prep it or, or clean it up like she says. What, so you, I'm not, do you I'm deny, not a savage. Do you deny that you take the food out of the garbage when she puts it in there? No, I do not deny that. So, so my code is basically that if it gets to the point where it can get me sick or I can't determine from my past experience that that there's a good likelihood that I won't get sick, you know, then, then okay. I'll make my decision based right. on that. But you just said this, you this, this is the question that this is a question I got to ask. Let me, let me, let me ask a question here. Does taste and flavor or sensation come into this at all? Or will you eat it even yes. if you have to choke it no. down? You'll eat it even if no. it tastes terrible because you just uh, said that you'll eat it if it won't make you sick. You, do you have right. any other standard other than the, the aforementioned illness? It's both. It's both. I'll be completely honest. I'll eat some things that, that don't taste that good and force myself to do it um, just out of, out of sheer will. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll actually throw things away because they're too rancid and, and uh, Natalie will congratulate me on those occasions. So is there a, is there a, a poverty? I mean, it doesn't sound like you guys are poor. Um, you, 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 you have um, refrigerator fulls of food. Yet, is there something in your past, Hugo, in your in your childhood that makes you believe that it's literally a sin to waste this food? Is there an, an emotional, ethical issue here from your past? Yeah, yes, there is. There's, there's. I think a philosophy that that I think is pr- particularly here in America. We throw away, we waste, we consume, we throw away, and we ne- never actually take the time to enjoy the things that we have. We always look for the next thing. And particularly with food, it's even worse because there's so many people that are literally dying of starvation that I feel like sure. I can control the little bit of, of space around me by eating the food that okay. that Natalie so wastefully buys. You know, and so this is – Yeah, he does. He does. He has a good some, I have, Oh, my I, God. I, now that I think of it, you know, I have a, I have a number of uh, plates in my house that I've never actually tasted by licking them. (laughs) Well, I I just want to say that on one hand, Hugo is completely within the bounds of reason. It is actually very difficult to get sick off of, off of food. It, 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 a food that goes bad in the refrigerator typically tastes worse before it'll actually get bad enough to, to hurt you. The foods that make us sick actually taste and look fine. It's things like salmonella and E. coli that come into our homes. But when food starts to go bad, in most cases, it's it's just a matter of taste. Um, very rarely will these foods make you you sick. So I don't think that Hugo is is endangering himself. I just want to be clear on that. Not even with regard to the right. mangoes in the from the backyard? Well, out there, that disturbs me. Okay, that disturbs yep. me. I'm talking about once it comes into the house. Food I'll, I'll even be honest. I like my I like chicken to be just a little on the gamey side. I'll let my chicken sit in the refrigerator where I know it's controlled, but I'll let it get a little age on it, which is, you know, something that used to be very common in Europe was to to hang fowl and, and let it get a little on the stinky side. Um, I don't like the either the flavors, aromas, or feel of mold, uh, but I will cut mold off of cheese, and I will I will I will scoop mold off of yogurt because those are foods that tend to get surface mold that doesn't penetrate. Um, the, the 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 bigger concern is that Hugo doesn't know the 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 lines. You could become seriously ill uh, from from those outdoor culinary adventures of yours out in out in that world. Um, that's a different world out there. What's going on in your refrigerator? 
refrigerator is basically just decay. And if you can bear to choke it down or feel you must choke it down, then in most cases, none of it's going to kill you. It's going to be disgusting. And I'm sorry that you feel you have to do it. And I, and I hope you guys can work out your shopping so that you don't. But truth is, you're probably not going to harm yourself. And, and you certainly shouldn't, um, you know, of course, be making anybody else do that. But you've got some hygiene issues that are bigger concerns. I mean, <laughs> I'm not coming to eat at your house. I am not coming to eat at your house because I don't know what you've done with a plate. And, you know, you're willing to play pretty wild with the rules. You, you stated in one situation when the judge asked you directly if you would get something out of the trash that Natalie put there. You said you would. Um, that shows that there's something else going on here. And I think it's kind of, you know, you got some passive aggression issues. Um, and, and, I, and I still think maybe borderline sociopath. Um, <laughs> Especially with well, that now, restaurant are you stuff. Talk, are you talking kids? about Hugo or Natalie here? Because I'm still reflecting on the fact. No, 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 no. Go, she's just a she no, bad shopper. No, 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 no. Because she's putting soap on food to prevent him from taking it out of the garbage <laughs> to eat it. And also, if I read in the brief, did you do you also put bleach on food to keep him from eating it? Yes. And do you ever consume soapy or bleachy food, Hugo? No, he no. I, I've I've never done that. But you you that, realize that you're married. You realize that you're that married to a human being and not a dog, right? yes we've been happily married for five years all right so i think i've heard everything i need to go into my chambers to to do my my thinking over and chew over the mold of this case uh before i go natalie what would you like me if i were to find in your favor what would you like me to order i would like some type of um control over being able to throw food away i know that i know that you would like that but what would you like me to order Specifically, I would like you to order that I have the authority to throw food away once I deem it unsanitary or un unsafe to eat. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, Hugo, I think you I better were... I bet you better change that to unpalatable because yeah. if you go by by safe to eat, right, you're not going to get right, what you want. Right. Uh, aesthetically unappealing to eat because I basically, like you guys said, none of you guys want to come over to our house to eat. I want to oh, have friends no. over. You know, and I don't want my fridge to look like it's full of dumpster dive treasures. I want people to come over and see nice, fresh items and and be able to enjoy a meal with clean plates and wholesome food. So Natalie, no, nobody's coming, Natalie. I know. No, nobody's coming. Nobody's <laughs> coming. Now, wait a minute. It's wait not a minute. Happen. I might come. Please I come might. to my house. Where in Florida are you? We're in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, no, I'm definitely not coming. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not coming. I'm not even going to Fort Lauderdale now. <laughs> do you, let, me, let me ask you a question before I go into Chambers. You do most of the shopping, Natalie. Is that correct? Yes. You buy a lot of organic produce that then starts to rot in your refrigerator because you don't eat it fast enough. Is that correct? I guess I buy too much at one time. Is that because you're eating other food instead? Do you buy an, no. aspira- do you buy an aspirational box of... <clears throat> washed mesclun salad. Yeah. You know, organic biodynamic washed mesclun salad that goes into your fridge. You never you never look at it again until it's half rotted because you're eating, you know, Fritos or whatever. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. And then it, and then no. it's up to and then it's up to Hugo to pull out the 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 couple <laughs> of leaves of baby romaine and arugula in there that that will still be good to eat. No, I put Fritos on the salad. I do eat the salad. I just after. Wait a minute! Did you just say you put Frito, did you just salad, say you put Fritos on the salad? Sometimes. I find in your favor. This this case is adjourned. <laughs> no, I'll go. I'll go into. I'll go into chambers for a moment, and then I'll come back and. and 
uh, and Alton and I will give a real ruling. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Hugo, did you have you gotten hungry in your life? No, it's um, I, I think the only psychological thing that I can sort of think of is that my grandfather in Puerto Rico was under undernourished, malnourished, and he was four foot nine. He's a Native American, and then my father was five foot five or five foot six, and then me and my brothers are both six foot two. You know, the the progression in a picture in a family photo is pretty stark, and it has to do with with actual poverty in my in my family history. Do you think it's possible that if you and Natalie have children, you start feeding them this poop fruit, they're going to end up five foot two? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. But, I, you know, I didn't even get a chance to defend myself. With the poop fruit, I do wash the poop fruit. <laughs> that doesn't I mean, matter. That doesn't really? matter. But what no, about, what no, about um, you... cow manure and, and fertilizer and, and, and preservatives and hormones and all these other things in our food supply? Okay, okay. This is my segment of the show. <laughs> Natalie, why do you persist in torturing your husband in this way? There is a solution to your problem, right? You could just eat the fruit before it's gross. I do eat the fruit, but I don't eat the whole container of fruit. You eat like one quarter apple, three quarters Fritos. <laughs> no, I guess I'll eat more. Yes. Well, how do you feel about your chances in the case, Natalie? Well, you know, uh, when I came on the show, I thought it was going to be a, a no brainer. But if he wins this, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to throw away everything in the fridge. <laughs> no, you're not because you're under Internet oath and you're, <laughs> you're abiding by the ruling. Right, right. I forgot. Turd fruit. Uh, how do you think you're? Just <laughs> you know what? Honestly, um, I think I did better than than I thought. I fared I fared pretty well considering the fact that I started off as a known sociopath and <laughs> clearly somebody that 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 bucks the system and and doesn't you know value their own life. So I, you know, I think I got a pretty decent chance. You know. Well, we'll see how this goes. We'll be back with the verdict in just a moment. Oh, what am I going to do with these kids? Jesse? Jesse? Yes, sir? I'm here in chambers, and I'm thinking about these crazy garbage eaters. Got anything to take my mind off it so that I can clear my head and come to a good decision? You know, I've been looking at Twitter, and I've noticed a lot of tweets with the hashtag MaxFunDrive. What could that possibly refer to? Well, I, I think, if my research is correct, <laughs> it's the annual two-week period where... We MaximumFun.org podcasters ask our listeners to just support the production of our shows by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, I'm so glad I hired you as my young person social network consultant <laughs> and hashtag explainer. No, I know what I know what hashtag MaxFunDrive means. It pertains to the MaxFunDrive, which is a great time for you to show your support for the shows by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate and becoming a new member of the Maximum Fund supporting family. Why is now especially a good time to give during the Max Fund Drive? Well, not only do you get the thank you gifts that we talked about earlier, but there is also this mysterious phenomenon known as challenge donors. Can you explain that to me, internet expert Jesse Thorne? Absolutely. There are lots of folks out there who have been supporters of MaximumFund.org for years, and they want to encourage you to support MaximumFund.org, and they've done that by offering a challenge donation. So 
between the lot of them, and there are literally dozens of them, for every new MaximumFun.org donor, and our, our goal is 1000 during this pledge drive, they will donate more than six bucks. Um, and that's more than six bucks and counting as of this recording, uh, just to incentivize you to do, do your part and most importantly, maybe to do it now during the Max Fund Drive. So the more new members we have, the more these challenge donors are going to kick in as a bonus to Maximum Fun. Is that right? You got it exactly, Judge Hodgman. And that's a way for you, the person who is thinking about going to MaximumFun.org slash donate, can extend the power of your dollar. And the thing is that, look, I understand that dollars are hard to come by. And a lot of the people who listen to this podcast that I've met out in the world, and I'm sure the other Maximum Fun podcasts are young people, self-employed people, uh, uh, students, uh, maybe people who uh, don't have tons and tons of money to uh, give away. Uh, so don't think of it that way. Instead, think of it this way. You're living in a time where, in a world of online media, uh, you can vote with your dollar in a way that you've never been able to do before. A lot of stuff is stuff that you can get online for free or at a minimum charge. And when you are asked to give money for it, you know in a way that you, generations before you did not know that that dollar that you give is going to go directly to support the creative people who are making the things that you like. Not to a huge middle-person corporation. If you go to MaximumFund.org, you'll see that the vast majority of the funds that are raised during Max Fund Drive go directly to the creators of the podcast themselves, to their pockets, and as well to support Maximum Fun and all the overhead that is incurred by putting those podcasts out there. And so this is a great way for you to not just show your appreciation or to help a worthy cause, but to actually give money for the thing that you enjoy, to show with your money that you support it and you want it to continue. Because if you don't, it might not continue. Do you see what I mean? We're giving you the material. You're enjoying it. If you are enjoying it, the nice thing to do would be give a little back. And now is a great time to do it because the little bit you give back now is going to make that much more of an impact because of the challenge donors and everyone coming together at this particular time to help Maximum Fun and all of the podcasts and all the creators uh, who own all the podcasts uh, to plan their year out. So I hope you will consider it seriously. You know, John, you're the boss on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I happen to be the boss of MaximumFun.org. And I can tell you that the reason that I've set it up the way that I have is because I have set it up to look like the media world that I would like to live in. You know, as someone who makes things, I think that the people who make things should own them. You know, as someone who makes things, I want to make things for the audience and not for advertisers or corporations. Um, and that's why I decided to build a business that was supported by its users directly, you know, and that's, you know, that's why I, I do this the way that I do. And I think that's uh, in large part why you chose to bring Judge John Hodgman to us and not somewhere else. And I'm very proud to do business this way. You know, sometimes people ask, oh, is it weird? Is it hard to ask for money? And I mean, yes, it's, it's, it is hard to ask for money. But the truth is that while it is hard to ask for money, I would much rather ask for money from the people who directly enjoy and use my show, the people who share my values and think the same things are funny and wise and informative uh, as I do, 
than to go hat in hand and ask for money from Weedabix Incorporated, not to Buzz Market. Well, they're, uh, they're a pretty good concern. I like that Weedabix. <laughs> I would be but, pretty proud to be sponsored by Weedabix, but I understand your point. At the end of the day, I want to make shows that are great for the audience, not shows that are great platforms for selling stuff. And, um, you know, and, and the way that that works is if the audience who values the shows that, that we're making values them, then they have to support them. And I want to do it voluntarily. So you go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. It's easy. There's a level that you can afford and we'll send you great stuff. Here are the levels again if you forgot. Five bucks a month, you get all the bonus content. And remember, all of these levels are cumulative. Ten bucks a month, you get that plus the headphones. Twenty bucks a month, you get all that plus our intimate sensations pack, which comes to us from our friends at ExtremeRestraints.com. Thirty-five bucks a month, we throw in the rocks glasses on top of all of that. A hundred bucks a month, and you get a cool thing chosen for you by Max Fun Talent in your mailbox once a month, every month for the entire year. 200 bucks a month, and you get a free berth on BoatParty.biz, a.k.a. the Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival. There's a level for everybody. The important thing is, if you value this, just do it. MaximumFun.org slash donate. And at five bucks a month, I mean, that's 60 bucks for the year, spread out over a year. And if you're not a member and you join at five bucks a month, you're kicking in challenge donors, and you're getting even more money into MaximumFun.org, and you'll feel even that much better. I haven't learned a lot in my life. I pretend that I've learned a lot in my life, but I've learned two things. One is, if you're ever on the fence, it is a good idea to take a shower. And the other is that it <laughs> always feels tremendously good to pay back for great culture that you've already received for free. You will be glad you did it. And guess what? So will we. It's MaximumFun.org slash donate. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Well, I've I've rarely seen as principled an expert witness as Alton Brown swing in his wrath to fancy so quickly from accusing this gentleman of poisoning himself with dog feces and calling him a sociopath to essentially saying, what he's doing is just fine and indeed honorable with regard to the saving of food. And the reason for this, I think expert witness Brown will agree is that because both things are true and not mutually exclusive truths. Is that correct? I, I would say that, that, that is correct. And that the, the difference is that one is outside where things are very different and one is inside um, where, where the food has been, um, handled a very differently. The, the key word here is, is, well, two words here is, is dog feces. And I think we all know it. <laughs> so let's separate the issue for a moment. Let's keep the dog feces outside of this case for a moment. And just deal with what's in the refrigerator with surface mold and things that are slightly going bad. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with, uh, the accused, Mr. Hugo plate liquor that, yeah. food, that food should not go to waste unnecessarily. And with the expert testimony of Alton Brown, I am convinced that there is very little uh, in that refrigerator, though it might be displeasing uh, to the eye and even to Hugo's own tongue uh, that, that would cause him personal uh, illness. Uh, 
Uh, that said, there is no accounting for taste, and it should be stipulated that uh, Natalie may not want to eat some of that food. But if Hugo wants to eat a moldy grape, I don't see any reason to stop him from doing so. So in this regard, I find in favor of the accused, Hugo, you may eat moldy food out of the refrigerator. But in the other regard, Alton Brown, I take very seriously what you say, and I will, I will submit to your sentencing guidelines with regard to eating food out of the backyard. What is your recommendation? Here's my recommendation for uh, eating food out of the backyard. There needs to be a protocol for washing, first and foremost, any produce that is consumed that hits the ground in the yard. Um, and that needs to be uh, warm. And I would prefer there to be a weak bleach solution used for the cleansing of that food before it is cut. Secondly, once the food on the ground has been breached by nature, uh, be it uh, weather, enzymatic action, or the activity of small flying insects, once that food is opened up and the interior is showing, it is to be discarded completely, not, not opened up on the other side and then consumed. All of the area around the trees is to be kept 100% clear of, of, of canine fecal matter at all times. I would even recommend a small fence area to make sure that the dogs are not allowed to uh, lay their biscuits there under their own, you know, uh, own supervision. That's my, my, uh, my call on this one. Do you understand what is being ordered of you, Hugo? I do, and I'll abide faithfully. Now, it may be easier, though perhaps less back to nature to purchase your avocados and mangoes from a reputable dealer, which goes to the issue of Natalie's shopping habits. Natalie, you shop aspirations. We don't have to talk about that. We don't have to talk about that. Oh, are you the judge? Are you the expert witness? Are you, are you <laughs> no. the turd eater? Are you the bailiff? No. You're Natalie the overshopper. Natalie, I'm on your side. <laughs> I am oh, okay. on your side, okay? Because okay. you want to make salad with Fritos. And regardless of everything else that happens, the next time I'm in Fort Lauderdale, I will come over to your house and eat Frito salad. Of course I will. You seem like nice people, and I know I can, I know that I can probably not get sick from eating your Frito salad. <laughs> Especially if you follow the guidelines. Just don't eat off the plates. Right. Don't eat off the plates. Well, that, the that, is, that is the last issue that I'm going to deal with. But I, I, I think... Expert witness Alton Brown got to something very important, which I had not, I don't know that I would have gotten to myself, which is the habit of buying things in an aspirational way, not eating them in a timely fashion, leaving them to rot, fomenting discord between yourself and your garbage-eating husband, and then going into a weird psycho game of bleaching and soaping food to keep your husband from rooting around in the trash. All of this has nothing to do with healthful eating or thrifty home economics. It is a weird game that the two of you are playing that must stop. And so I order you to not buy a thing unless you plan to eat it within a reasonable time frame. And I would say that that time frame, I, I don't know how you feel out and about, you know, sell by dates. Because Some my dates are pretty useless, but I think that, that they could set a, a, a regular, you know, kind of stop gap for themselves. If it's not consumed, you know, in a week, you know, it shouldn't be there. Right. 
I think they, you know, this, this, I'm sure there's a modern grocery store or some other market within a reasonable distance. You're not having to lay in supplies for months at a time. So I think that you need to plan the consumption of your fresh produce, especially, but anything that's going in that refrigerator, you guys just need to meal plan. And maybe that's something you could do together so that you could take responsibility for this together. And then this issue you together rather than, you know, driving you towards the inevitable divorce that we see coming for you. <laughs> Mathematically speaking. <laughs> just statistics. It's just it's statistics. Now, finally, with regard to the non-food issue of plate hygiene. First of all, Hugo, stop licking your plates in restaurants. That's gross. Yes. It is it is bad table manners. And of course, table manners are there not to keep you down, but to make everyone around you feel comfortable. You can get that food off your plate using appropriate <laughs> utensils. And licking a plate at the table, I don't care how informal the restaurant is, is not appropriate. Okay? Now, okay. Do, you, do you disagree with me, Alton Brown? No, no. And I, and I want to extend that even to um, any container like a, a styrofoam container that you might have in your car. Uh, because as a member of society, I also don't want to drive up next to you and watch you licking out a Big Mac box. Okay? I find that equally repulsive. Especially since they haven't made styrofoam Big Mac boxes since about 1981. Well, it's been a long time since I've been to a McDonald's, okay? But I think you get the point. Especially, I don't want to watch you licking out some greasy box at your front seat, right? No, no. Look, I understand in Europe they like to hang their Big Macs out for a while so they get that nice gamey flavor. Several so bits, you, might several some, you might have some older, uh, art, uh, you know, antique, uh, what, what you call heirloom Big Mac boxes. Yes. But even so, yes, yes no. Stay... Don't don't do that. And, and and you know, basically eating while in one's car is let's just call that a luxury. I would I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to see someone eating well, I'm not gonna I, this is well, you know what, Alan Brown, I'm gonna ask you. I eat while I drive sometimes, but I don't like doing it because it doesn't feel safe to me. What do you think? I think it's a distraction and a bad idea. I also think it's, it's, it, it never is the right thing to do for your digestion. You know, the, 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 the food that we eat in cars, we are typically wolfing because it's not a comfortable place to eat. You're worried about spilling. So it's not good for driving and it's not good for you. Right. If you're going to get something, it's like if I'm going to go to California and get myself a delicious In-N-Out burger, I'm going to park someplace and really concentrate on that fabulous burger. I yeah. don't want to be like splitting lanes you're and trying sit. to, you know, yeah. Right. But then you're going to sit on the lawn outside of LAX yep. and watch the planes uh, and, and watch the big jets land while I eat my burger. Absolutely stinking lutely. But this is not maybe not something that, that, that applies to Hugo at all because you know, when he's driving around with his cheese Danish, obviously he saves it until it gets more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing is that, you know, I can't help but notice your honor. You didn't ask him why that cheese Danish had been there so long. Is he just naturally sloppy or was he actually cultivating this for the sheer purpose of knowing that when Natalie got in the car, he would able, be able to torture her with this, which I think uh, might be one of the issues here. I presumed he was naturally sloppy. Let's find out. Are you naturally sloppy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yes. naturally, I'm naturally forgetful and I have a lot of things on my plate. No pun intended. No, pun completely <laughs> intended, sir. That was the most offensive thing that you've said so far <laughs> due to that intended pun. Now, with regard to your um, cleaning of plates, you, you, uh, you know, Natalie told one story. You kind of danced around a story about using paper towels and occasional warm water. Obviously, 
you feel extremely self-conscious about your secret shame being revealed to the podcast listening world that you don't clean your plates properly. I have absolute faith that whether you lick them clean or not at home, you are not cleaning them properly. I'm simply ordering you clean your plates with hot water and soap and dry them properly before putting them away. Would you disagree with me, Alton Brown? I would prefer that the plates would be allowed to air dry after they are washed in uh, hot soapy water and properly rinsed. Oh, air not, dry is best because you can have a lot of nasty things on dish towels. You don't want not you don't want to clean it up with a, a, a dish towel that I've used fifty uh, times to to wipe off an avocado yeah. from the from the poop. Backyard? Exactly. Oh, okay. Your 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 follow through is correct, sir. All right, all right, good. <laughs> so, do you all understand these orders that the court is giving you both? Yes, but can I just say one thing? No. <laughs> Stand by, Hugo. I am the judge here. I will allow the one thing. My house is clean. I promise. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're talking. Well, you you're, said, uh, you're talking about its, you its, said, sta- its status with regard to its infestation of poltergeists. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I just mean that yeah, my house is sanitary. Um, visitors can come by. I just, I just want to, you know have an open door policy with friends. I don't want them to all be scared off now. Well, now you see, you shouldn't have said that because now you really give me pause because you're the one who's accusing your husband of licking plates and putting them back in the cupboard, which is, I think, def- by definition, unclean. So but I washed them. No, I, I, that's why I double wash all the plates in the washing machine. Right. I mean, in the dishwasher. <laughs> she said double wash. Yeah. Natalie, please define what you mean by that. I wash it with the sponge and the soap, and then I wash it again by putting it in the uh, dishwasher to wash. Well, you really are wasteful, aren't you? Yes. So, well, so basically, we could see this as, as Hugo simply has developed behaviors to try to counterbalance your OCD. I'm not the one with OCD. You're not OCD. You wash your dishes twice, but you're not OCD. He licks them because I don't know what he's licked. He's become he's become a compulsive. You don't even know what your husband has licked. Nope. (laughs) He's become a compulsive mold eating garbage hoarder and plate licker in order to uh, to counterbalance her uh, OCD fascination with washing of dishes and putting bleach on perfectly good food and buying too much, you know, at the grocery store. That said, I will still come over to your house and you follow these orders. Eating fruit out of the backyard, you have to follow Alton Brown's rules to the letter, and I will still not eat any of it personally. <laughs> eating, food out, eating food out of the refrigerator that is sour or rancid or moldy or whatever, Alton Brown says that it probably won't kill you. I would advise you personally don't eat food that you don't enjoy eating. That's a principle of life. If it tastes bad to you, you can throw it away. But otherwise, I admire your principle of thriftiness. And you may eat something even if your wife says that it is not palatable to her. You can't force her to eat it. You can't be licking, you can't be licking plates in restaurants. I would advise you not to lick plates at home unless it's 2.30 in the morning and you're by yourself. And whatever the case you're going to do, you're going to wash that place with hot water and soap. Uh, you may double wash it if you wish, but air dry it, or I would presume a, a hot dry in the dishwasher is uh, okay with you, Alton Brown. No problems there. Absolutely, no problem whatsoever, sir. Clean out all the cheese danishes out of your car and stop letting you know stop letting stuff rot in your car, and get your get your lives together. And then, if you agree to all of these injunctions, 
then the next time I am in Fort Lauderdale, I will come to your house for Frito salad. Do you so agree, Hugo? I do, and I can't wait to have you over for dinner, Sam. Do you so agree, Natalie? I agree. This is the sound of a gavel. (laughs) Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Hugo, how do you feel? Pretty good. I was still looking for a place to place another pun, but it never came. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Shut your pie hole. Shut your pie hole. Pie hole. Natalie, how do you feel? I feel good, and I still love my husband very much. Are you going to change your ways, guys? Yes. I, I think, I think, yeah, I, I, I can change the ways about the outside thing because the scientific perspective is something I respect. Natalie, Hugo, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. And thank you, Alton Brown, for being our expert witness. A pleasure as always, sir. Judge Hodgman, what are you eating? What? 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 Well, this is just uh, some old Frito salad I found under the cushions of my chamber's couch. It's still good. <laughs> it's still good. Okay. This is Fritos yeah. are supposed to be this color, and salad is supposed to be the color of Fritos. I think. You're the judge, uh, so I'm just going to defer to you. Do you want to clear the docket? I do. Here's our first case from Eric. My friend Nick and I have a long-standing dispute over the storing of ketchup. I believe that ketchup should be stored on the shelf or in the cupboard, basically anywhere but the refrigerator. Nick feels that ketchup can only be kept in the fridge because the label says so. I think cold ketchup ruins whatever you put it on. I also contend that the label warning is just corporate lawyers covering their butts. Ketchup's mostly salt. It's a preservative. We hope your decision will settle our argument once and for all ketchup in or out of the fridge well unfortunately uh expert witness alton brown had to leave to go cook a fresh uh meal for his family of wheat lacoche and um and uh and and poop mangoes but uh so i would have liked to have had his input here but i'm gonna have to wing it based on what he said about uh refrigerated foods um uh being mostly subject to decay rather than food poisoning and based on my own independent research into the uh, effectiveness of sell-by dates, because it's been a controversial issue since uh, the beginning of this podcast, I will say that a preserved sauce-like ketchup, which after all is left on the counter of every diner day after day after day, is probably going to be safe, unrefrigerated, albeit for a shorter period of time. Uh, indeed, they have found uh, canned food and bottled food on the bottom of rivers that have been over a uh, hundred years old, and the food inside is largely still palatable. That is to say, uh, when it is opened for the first time. If you want to keep your ketchup out on your shelf after you open it, I would say please use that ketchup swiftly. And also, you have to write me a letter indemnifying me of all charges should you die of ketchup poisoning. Here's a case from Lance. Occasionally, I'll go on a midnight stroll to see a late movie at a fairly safe cineplex in mid-city Los Angeles. My wife, who's prone to anxiety and often fears for my safety in a sweet but sometimes annoying way, has asked me to stop doing this. She says she can't sleep if she knows I'm out walking that late. But I really enjoy the exercise and the experience of walking around a quiet urban environment. Plus, I'm 6'4", and while I'm not a tough guy, I think it's a lot safer for me to take a midnight walk than it might be for a small woman. Is a partner's misplaced anxiety a good enough reason to stop an activity you enjoy? 
Well, I don't know the specific neighborhood of Los Angeles that is being discussed here. Mid-City, does that mean anything to you? Los Angelino, Bailiff Jesse Thorne? Uh, yeah, no, that, that means something. I, I don't know exactly what movie theater he's referring to, unless it's the Korean movie theater on Wilshire Boulevard that's on, like, the sixth floor of an office building. If so, that's a great movie theater. I really encourage that he go there as much as he can, especially if he enjoys movies being shown with Korean subtitles apparently projected from DVDs. Well, given that I already told this other dude, uh, Eric and Nick, that they can eat poisonous ketchup, I guess this is the docket of living dangerously. And I would say that if you are convinced that it is safe, uh, you should do it. I wouldn't, personally, because I would want my wife to feel secure that I'm okay and I would go with a friend. And I have friends, but maybe you don't. <laughs> Is this guy going to lose from winning? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, if it were me personally, I would reassure my wife that I was going with a friend or I was driving at night uh, and, and taking all precautions against, I guess, random mugging, which is not something... Uh, that uh, I have uh, ever had the um, misfortune to experience either in Los Angeles or New York or Boston or Northampton, Massachusetts or any of the other places that I've lived. But uh, it is not an an unknown thing. And I think that it's worth uh, giving your partner a a peace of mind. And it's an easy thing to offer. And you have every every opportunity to get uh, exercise uh, during the daylight hours. Um, but, you know, why not take a, go see a 2 a.m. movie in dangerous mid-city uh, while uh, drinking a bottle of warm ketchup? Do it, everybody. I don't care anymore. Eat garbage out of the f- garbage. I don't care anymore. Just don't blame me. <laughs> don't blame me when you're in the streets of mid-city without your wallet bleeding ketchup from your nose. Well, that's all we've got on the docket this week, uh, although our listeners do have something on their personal dockets. Why, do tell. Well, you got to go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and support the production of this show. Oh, that's of course that's right. We don't just get money from Big Huit Lacoche. In fact, we get <laughs> no money from Big Huit Lacoche or the French language or Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage or any of the buzz marketing we do for both fictional and or non-corporate endeavors. We get money in order to do the show from you, the listener. And we do that throughout the year, if we're lucky, but especially now during what we call the Max Fund Drive. Isn't that right, Jesse? That's absolutely right. So if you're out there and you're listening, show's over. Now's the time. This is the second show of the Max Fund Drive. Go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. And... Thank you. Stop licking your Big Mac box. Pull over. Get on your smartphone, your non-branded smartphone, and go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. 
You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at gosuperego.com. You can find John Hodgman online at areasofmyexpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.